I'm Amanda Pittman, and this is the Confident Woman Podcast. This podcast was created to equip you to stand confidently upon the finished work of Jesus. In this community, we'll talk about what you care about most, living shamelessly for Jesus, speaking unapologetically for truth, and bringing heaven to earth. So make yourself comfortable. We're going to chop it up, keep it real, and change the world. Hey girl, welcome back to another episode of the Confident Woman Podcast. And if you're here, I just feel led to say it's on my spirit that you are a fine, gorgeous, beautiful, anointed, powerful woman of God, fearfully and wonderfully made. And I just know that you may not feel all the way together, but trust me, you are all the way together and uh, that's worth celebrating. So just just take a good like look of yourself and of your life and look at just the favor of God on your life. I mean, you have to just really be favored by God to be as beautiful and smart and hardworking woman like you. OK, so there's a call of God on your life. And I just don't know if anybody has told you that lately. And I don't know if you just need a, a reminder. But girl, you got it going So right now I am in a closet um, with blankets and I'm recording on an iPhone covered in a sock um, because honestly, I have this great mic and iPhone covered in a sock sounds better. So here we are. Do it for the podcast, right? I was going to say do it for the gram, but it's really do it for the podcast Um, and I'm doing it for you. And honestly, it's it's much more comfy. I have some uh, eaten up snacks because I wanted to just be fueled for this podcast because I want to give you guys my best. <laughs> so what I'm talking about today, what's been on my heart is who do you think you are? I'm convinced that nearly all of our spiritual issues can be resolved by a deeper revelation and understanding of our identity in Christ. I believe that if it's a spiritual issue, then it's an identity issue. The enemy will always try to get you to question your worth, to question your value, and to question your identity. So first, let me talk about why this is even on my heart. Um, Identity in Christ, who do you think you are? Um, So last time I recorded a podcast, um, which was last week this time, I was really looking forward to kicking off another season of this podcast, dropping another episode, because I was just looking forward to being faithful and consistent and serving you guys really well. And so that night after I had uploaded the podcast, while I was asleep, because the enemy, you know, he likes to take low blows. While I was asleep, I started getting this panic attack and he was saying things like, who do you think you are? You didn't need to share all of that. People don't need to know this or that about you. Why do you think you could share this after what you've been through this year? This has actually been happening to me throughout the year of 2020. And it really started at the beginning of this year um, when I found certain things out. And um, these things just really, really crushed me. And it made me super, super hyper aware (laughs) of what I posted on social media and what I shared about my life. And because of this, it gave me severe anxiety when it came to being vulnerable on social media. It used to be pretty easy for me to share vulnerably about my life 
give you a sneak peek into what's going on, keep you guys along for the journey. But I wanted to be really ducked off, really private, still kind of do, still kind of am. <laughs> but, you know, it was because of some things that happened to me throughout the year. And, um, and so it just sparked these panic attacks and they would only happen at night. And they would only happen after I poured out, like I was serving the Lord. Um, I was baptizing someone in the Holy Spirit. I was, you know, walking someone through spiritual warfare. I posted something that was about Jesus or I posted something um, vulnerable that helped other people. It's only then when the enemy would attack me in a great way at night. Um, but I gained the spiritual muscle and I built the spiritual muscle to be able to fight back. Um, and I'm going to talk to you guys about that tonight, really how to do that. I'm going to give you three points. Um, but I'll say this, that night last week after I uploaded my podcast, my guard was down. I had gotten a little comfortable on my little healing journey. Um, I had gotten comfortable not pouring out as much as I had. And so I didn't anticipate it coming. And so because my guard was down and my armor was not on, I folded. I listened to the voice of the enemy and he was saying, who do you think you are? And I said, I don't know. And I deleted that podcast. Now, the next morning I woke up and I felt so ashamed. I was like, what in the world did I just do? This is embarrassing. I am better than this. I am stronger than this. And I uploaded it that morning. I know that what I went through is not unique to me. It's not just because I'm this super spiritual anointed person. So I get attacked more than everybody else. Like that's... That's not true. You know, there's a call of God on your life and the enemy is going to try the same stanky old tactic on you. And so I want to give you three things you can stand on when your identity is questioned so that you can fight back, so that you can take back your authority, so that you can take the victory that's rightfully due to you and you can stand in that place and show other people how to do it too. Number one, the devil is your enemy. The devil is is your enemy. Do not forget that. So many times we get caught up in entertaining the voice of the enemy as if he's a friend, as if he's on our side, as if he's looking out for us. I think that we do that with fear. I think that we do that with control. I think that we do that with anxiety. I think we do that with comparison. I think we do that with bitterness. What we're doing is we're holding on to something or believing a lie about something, or entertaining a thought. Why? Because we believe that if we do so, it'll protect us from the inevitable future. Or if we hurt our own feelings in the beginning, then other people won't be able to have the power or the ability to hurt us. Um, and so we think that the enemy is helping us out by planting these fears in our mind or thoughts in our mind. Um, but you have to recognize that he's not on your side, He's not your friend. He's not looking out for you. He is your enemy. Put him in his rightful place. The devil sees your potential, so he wants you to question it. Sometimes we think that we're attacked because we're just spiritually in a really bad place. We're attacked because we're giving the enemy a foothold. And that's possible. You know, we do get attacked when we give the enemy a foothold. But here's the thing. Many times when you are spiritually complacent, the enemy will leave your butt alone. He's like, okay, she's right where I want her. Okay, so I'm I'm prowling around like a roaring lion. I'm going to find somebody else to devour because she's already devouring herself with sin and shame 
and walking all up outside of her identity. She, I mean, she's devouring herself. Now, let me find somebody who's really serving the Lord and try to devour them. And so sometimes, yeah, sometimes the enemy will get us because we're walking in sin. But other times the enemy will try to attack you because you're headed in the right direction. The devil sees your potential and he wants you to question it. Now, there's a lie that the enemy wants you to believe, identify, and act on. He wants you to believe something about yourself, about God, about others. Then internalize that. Make it a part of your belief system. Make it a part of your the, the filter through which you see the world. And then you're behaving on that lie and it becomes a stronghold in your life. If he can distort your view of God, if he can distort your view of yourself... If he can distort your view of others, then he can have control over your life and he can destroy you. The enemy wants you to draw a wrong conclusion about yourself and a wrong conclusion about God. One of the tactics of the enemy is to get you to believe that you are the bad guy, that you are in inherently bad, inherently wrong, inherently outside of the will of God. But here's the thing. You were at enmity with God. You were enemies of God, but when you were born again and you were washed by the blood of Jesus and you had the Holy Spirit given to you as a deposit, as your inheritance, you're empowered by the Spirit, sealed by the Spirit, washed by the blood of God, you are now a child of God. You are no longer an enemy. So you have to understand you are no longer the bad guy. God died for you. Jesus died for you when you were the bad guy, when you were the villain. But once you are redeemed and saved, you are no longer the bad guy. You are no longer the villain. You are no longer at enmity with Christ. You are now on the winning side. You're now at enmity with the devil. And so the the enemy wants you to draw the wrong conclusion about yourself. So at some point, you have to remember who you are and remember who he is. You're not on his side. He is at enmity with you. You have to be able to say, I'm not your friend. We are enemies. I'm not going to entertain you. Ephesians 6, 13 says, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. I love that the scripture says you'll be able to stand your ground. Are you on the enemy's territory or are you in God's territory? You, as a child of God, are in God's territory and he's trying to come into yours. So you have the authority to stand your ground. And in the midst of this battle, I'm not going to fall to your tactics. I'm not going to believe a lie about myself. I'm not going to believe a lie about God. No, at the end of everything, I'm going to stand. Number one, the devil is your enemy. Number two, your battle is won in submission. Your battle is won in submission. As Christians, our goal isn't to become better Christians by our works. We've already established that our flesh sucks. Our flesh fails us. We have to establish that God is good. Everything in us 
is like filthy rags. God is good in us. So our power actually doesn't come from our efforts to be good. That actually makes us powerless because our efforts are like filthy rags. However, we, our efforts should be placed in submitting ourselves to the one who is good and submitting ourselves to the one who has overcome the world and us submitting to ourselves to the one who is holy. Let me prove it to you. James 4, 7 through 8 says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. I love that the first thing that the scripture says is submit yourselves to God. Because if it just said resist the devil and he will flee from you, that's only half of the story. Because you could try to resist the devil but not submit to God. And if you try to resist the devil without submitting to God, then you're going to end up submitting to the devil because you're unsubmitted. We are all submitting ourselves to some spirit. You just have to ask yourself, which spirit? Submit yourselves to God because he is the one who can fight your battles. It's kind of like we're children. And we're roughing around on the playground and you foul me. I'm going to say, I'm going to tell my dad on you. In that case, if my dad is going to fight the battle, it's not even a fair battle. The battle's already won. You submit yourself to the person who is more powerful than you. You submit yourself to the one who has more authority than you. It's not your battle to fight. Your battle is one in submission. Now you may be wondering, okay, well, how do I submit myself to God? It's pretty clear. Come near to God and he'll come near to you. Draw near to God in the midst of warfare. Draw near to God when your identity is in question. If you understand who your father is, you'll be able to understand who you are. Draw near to him and you'll see. Psalm 91 says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. You got to be able to say, I need you, Lord, to empower me to walk this journey. It's not in my own strength. It's because I'm resting in the shelter of you. It's because I'm resting under your shadow. It's not a fighting effort. It's a submission. It's a rest. You are my refuge. I trust you. You got to be able to say, I need you, Lord, to empower me to walk this journey. And guess what, God? I need a fresh feeling every day. I can't operate on yesterday's power. I ate yesterday, but I need to eat today. I was hungry yesterday, but I'm hungry again today. I need you, Lord. I need a fresh filling every day. So this comes from spending time in God's presence. Your battle's won in submission, so how do you think that you can have any ammo or any skin in the game against the enemy if you're not spending any time in God's presence? If you're not resting in the shadow of the Almighty. If you're uncovered. Listen, God can fight your battle. He's powerful. He's already done it. He's already overcome the world. Draw near to him. Submit yourself to him. Dwell there. Abide there. I talked about that last episode. Abide in him. That's where your battle is going to be won. 
You can also find this abiding in worship. Do you know that worship is warfare too? If you just focus on the goodness of God and uplift the name of Jesus, if you're just focusing on the one who's worthy and deserving of it all, the enemy's going to flee. You can't really entertain the devil when you're focused on God. You can't really be concerned with small things when you're focused on the big thing. You need a fresh feeling every day. Time with God every day. You need to submit yourself to God. And you need to be able to say, I need you, Lord, to empower me to walk this journey. Last and not least, the third thing you need to stand on is that scripture is your weapon. Scripture is your weapon. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 says this, The weapons we fight are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, we have divine power to demolish strongholds. Hello. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Hear me, guys. The weapons we fight with are not carnal. Some of you, you're trying to fight a spiritual battle with some some guns and swords and some tweets <laughs> and some subliminal posts. You're, that's not where your battle is fought. That's not where your identity is found. Scripture is your weapon. How are you going to demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God if you don't have the knowledge of God? If you don't know what God is saying, you have to know the scripture. How are you going to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ if you don't know which thoughts to take captive? Because you don't know what Christ says. What he wants from you. You don't know the word of God. Scripture is your weapon. So here's some scripture you should probably know. Luke 10 and 9 says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Matthew 18, 18 says, Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So even thinking about that scripture in Matthew, you got to be able to say, hey, I have the power to bind or to loose based on my words, based on my authority in Jesus Christ, through the power of scripture, the truth, the rule book by which we play this game. So here's some things you should probably know about Jesus, some scriptures you should probably know about Jesus. You have to have the right view of yourself. You have to have the right view of Jesus, all based on scripture, because scripture is your weapon. So you need to know that Jesus came to earth to make the final sacrifice that would purchase our freedom, to redeem us with his blood, Ephesians 1.7. You need to be able to know that only Jesus had the power to break the curse of death in our lives because He was fully God, fully man, and fully blameless. This is the one you submit yourself to. This is Colossians 2.9 and 2 Corinthians 5.21. You need to know that Jesus is the firstborn of the holy family of God. Because of his self-sacrifice, we have full access to the Father as his rightful adopted children. That's in Romans 8.29. You need to know that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. He has all authority over heaven and earth, and he even has authority over the enemy. Romans 8, 34. You need to know that Jesus is the only way to eternal life in the presence of God and the only way 
to find freedom from sin, which you have as a believer and as a child of God. You can find this in John 14 and 6. You need to know that Jesus is coming back for us. He will gather his people and that includes you. And so when you know these things about Jesus, the one whom you're submitting yourself to, you I mean, you have some ammo in this fight. If you're submitted to this Jesus, the enemy has something to be afraid of. Of course, the enemy is going to want to resist you. Of course, the enemy is going to want to flee. But not only that, but you should you should know some good things about yourself, too. You should know that you are a child of God. John 1 and 12. You should know that you are redeemed and forgiven. Ephesians 1 and 7. You should know that you are appointed and chosen by God. John 15, 16. You should know that you are a royal priesthood and a holy nation. 1 Peter 2 and 9. You should know that you are a friend of God, (laughs) which means you're an enemy of the devil. John 15 and 15. You should know that you're a citizen of heaven. This is found in Philippians 3 and 20 and 2 Timothy 1 and 7. So if you're a citizen of heaven, you're not going to entertain hell. You should know that you're also raised to life with Christ, Colossians 3, 1 through 4. So next time the enemy tries to tell you you're a sinner, you're no good. Who do you think you are? You should tell him, hey, I am raised to life with Christ. I am a citizen of heaven. I am a friend of God. I am a royal priesthood and a holy nation. I am chosen and appointed by God. I am redeemed and forgiven. So stop reminding me of my past enemy. You should also tell him that you are more than a conqueror. Romans 8, 37. You should also tell him you are a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. You are a beautiful woman of God. And if you know who Jesus is, and if you know who you are, then you're going to have some skin in the game. You're going to have some ammo in this fight. So next time the enemy asks you, Who do you think you are? You go ahead and tell him. I want you guys to remember these three things. The devil is your enemy, but your battle is won in submission and scripture is your weapon. Go forth and prosper, confident woman. All right, guys, that's the end of today's conversation. If you're a part of the Confident Woman community, then do your part. Leave a review, a five-star podcast rating, and spread the word. If you haven't already, join our Facebook community and follow us on Instagram at Confident Woman Co. As always, stay confident.